Austin loves guns. Visit the range at Austin, 52,000 square feet of truly modern Texas fun. Bright, open, and inviting with 7,000 square feet of retail, including new and used guns. Doesn't matter if you're a seasoned pro shooter or are completely new to guns. The range at Austin has something for everyone. It's the perfect place to grab some friends, do the Texas thing, and shoot a machine gun, take a private lesson, or grab a membership. The range at Austin is located off 35, 10 minutes south of downtown, open to all seven days a week. Visit the range austin.com to do the texas thing and book a package buy a membership or learn more it is not sabotage it's three guys on sports here on 1027 espn radio oh damn it my microphone is still broken my little thing that holds it that's not good i forgot to tell somebody to fix that yesterday oh well we will persevere you hear a weird clicking noise don't worry that's just me all right uh, I am Nick Haida. We're joined as well by Noah Kreitz, Yo. Sawyer Stoll. Howdy. We are your three guys. Uh, be our fourth, 834-1027. That's the phone number, as always, to call and text into the show if you want to chime in on what we're talking about, what you wish we were talking about, or just some flat-out nonsense. I'm always down for some of that. Uh, but today is not a nonsense day here on Thursday because it is NBA trade deadline. Oh, yeah. My guys Noah mm-hmm. and Sawyer are sitting here pounding the pavement or whatever you do in 2024 researching everything who got better who got worse who has not done enough uh we will discuss that later on the show yes. it's also let's see today's thursday so that's one two three three sleeps until the super bowl three yes sir yeah. yes sir uh, i do want to talk uh today tomorrow we will do our pr- uh, our our picks predictions and props the and three p's and parlay <laughs> throw another one in there parlays there you there go you go four p's Prop- propositions with yep. is there, is there a That's p the word one. for just waiting i don't know man uh four p's the four p's three guys four p's that's yep. how we're gonna do it tomorrow mm-hmm. uh but today i thought we might have some fun just like kind of talking about matchups and breakdowns mm-hmm. uh what does brock purdy another p have purdy. to do to win everybody's respect uh but first we got to start off with a little um Closer to home news here, because it is official. Coach Steve Sarkeesian talked about signing day yesterday, had a 47-minute long press conference, uh, but all he really needed was less than a second to say. Quinn's our starter. There you go. There we go, guys. It's official. Yeah, as he should be. Yeah. 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 Uh, now, he did go into a lot of depth about uh, all the players that they've added, right. the signees, the transfers, the recruits. Right. And we will get to that in uh, Horns at High Noon. Thank you. Horns at High Noon is yes, what I call that uh, there. Um, but I do want to just start off with this whole Quinn Ewers thing. And, you know, Sark did go in there and he, he mentioned a lot of. Well, here, first of all, uh, he wanted to talk about Quinn Ewers, his development from last year. Yeah. Pretty easy to see from the naked eye the development that Quinn made from year one to year two. Uh, I don't think that Quinn was, was a finished product yet. Um, and I think there's there's plenty of room for, for growth and improvement and in, in development in his game going into year three. And look, I don't know if I'm getting got by Steve, but every time I hear him talking on these press conferences, I was like, I was like y- you're right. That is a good point. Yeah, yes, it is. exactly. I find myself agreeing with him at all times, which I, I feel like is just a trap, yeah. you know, because coaches are notorious for coach speak and like every. Of course, when you were discussing the twenty twenty four recruiting class, uh, signings, transfers, is, is a transfers are recruits. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, good job, Nick. All the above, yeah. Uh, yes, thank you. Um, like it's all going to be sunshine and roses, okay? He's not going to go sitting here and be like, "Well, we really missed out on that guy." Right. Mm. I would be really worried about that position. Uh, but just listening to Steve talk, it gives me a sense of confidence in the program. And um, but he he is right about Quinn. Like you could see last year, the difference between Quinn's first year starting, yeah, uh, you know, it, which which was was still it, it was it was pretty good. It was pretty good for a first year on the forty acres. Almost beat Alabama. Got it. Had an injury that kind of derailed things. Um, but the jump between year one Quinn and year two was, I mean, not only just shaving off that godforsaken beard. Not only giving up the Chick Fil A, but like on the field, like he just. There were some times, like in the Oklahoma game, where you're like, "Oh my God, what is that?" And that, yeah, in that terrible first start, right? But the rest of the, the majority of the time, I think just passing the eye test. Mm-hmm. Quinn Ewers passed the eye test. That is a legitimate quarterback that we have, and I'm thinking about you know, again, I haven't looked at the other around college football of who's coming back, uh, who's uh, who's left, where's who's transferring as far as quarterbacks. There's always going to be that musical chairs now, and like. 
Uh, Dylan Gabriel going to Oregon. Like, are we are we going to believe that hey, he's going to be one of the top, like a top five guy Heisman Trophy candidate? I don't know. I don't think so. Could be. Could not be. It's a good team. Yeah, he could he could have success yeah. there. I mean, he was but, pretty good at Oklahoma. Before we dive into the nuts and bolts of it, just like like Quinn, I think like we have one of the top like everything for the Longhorns is looking good for us. Yeah, yeah. of course. The trajectory is great. Yes. Yeah. Like we have one we're gonna have one of the top coaches, we're gonna have one of the top recruiting programs, we're gonna have like the top, you know, campuses, uh, all the positions, everything. Uh, but Quinn is like is gonna be the main one and like uh, he is going to be a Heisman trophy candidate. Yeah, He's going he, and he could be a favorite if he could just do two things. Play twelve games and stop starting slow. <laughs> well, that yeah, that's. I mean, that's literally his two biggest hurdles yeah. at this point. Is sometimes it takes Quinn well into the second quarter to find a rhythm. Yeah. Hey, buddy, how about you do it on the second drive at least? And for the love of God, if you could just please play all twelve games, I think with the competition we're going to see in the SEC, we cannot be rolling out a backup for at least four games. It's not going to work, right? Yeah. Even if that backup is Arch Manning. I mean, I guess, but still, that's a really young guy to be thrown to Wolves right away. I know, to the SEC, no, I'm, yeah. not, I'm, just, I'm just messing yeah, with Yeah, first man. year he was played, really, it was 11 games with 10.5. This year's kind of same thing with 11.5 because you had the playoff game and you had the Big 12 championship. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, if you could play a full season, I mean, I, I don't see where this team, you know, isn't, isn't obviously a playoff team already, but mm-hmm. a top-four team, and that's really what they're shooting for to be the top of the SEC, which they're yeah, coming you in want loaded. That by, yeah, you know, I, I've seen from some of the early projections of the, because uh, again, this is going to be the first season with 12 teams. It's in the first four get by weeks. Uh, Texas, I've seen consistently five or six. Yeah, because on, on the right, those top four spots are going to go to the top of the conferences, right? So it'll be your Big Ten, your Big uh, 12. Yeah, Georgia, Michigan. Uh, do they put Washington Top four, maybe. No, do we big. get two in the uh, Big Ten no. due to the fact that no, it's ACC, it's Big right. Twelve, it's Big Ten, it's SEC. So that's the top four. The winners of those conferences will get the bye. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were talking about to start next season. Oh no, no, no. Yeah, I was referring to okay. who's getting those top four. Yeah. Is, gotcha. The good gotcha, news gotcha. is Texas is getting. They don't have to play Alabama again, and they do get the you know favored team to win the SEC at home, referring to the yep. Georgia Bulldogs. Yeah. So that's huge. Which again, I've, I've seen lots of projections. Well, right. maybe just one, but that's you know that's lost to me because it's all I've only been looking. At <clears> yeah. One. Uh, but they did have Texas beating Georgia. Yeah, I mean, hey, it's doable. Yeah, it's, it's and it. who knows how this season is going to play out leading up to that. What Georgia team we're going to get, what Texas team is rolled right. up doing that. How many of these F1 fans want to attend that game instead of uh, watching a car make the first turn and then it's over? Busy, busy day. <laughs> Very busy in weekend Austin. in Austin. Though. Yes, that will be. Yeah, but like like I said, like if Quinn... I like I I I went in after that first season, I was kind of down on Quinn Ewers. And he showed me enough. Now... Is he like as as Steven? He's by far not a finished product. There's definitely things that he can work on, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. uh, strengthening that collarbone. Quinn, drink the milk, okay? Mm-hmm. Go whole milk, okay? None of this two yep. percent. Don't de- not skim, okay? If you well, want the hardball method here, steak and milk. That's like, right. There it is. That's right. Uh, but I, I joke, sorry, that like he he's broken both of his collarbones, so like, he can't do that again. Yeah, okay? they made they're all reinforced with steel and screws. And yeah. yes, he's he's the Wolverine. Oh, maybe he should grow in the mutton chops. Yeah, again. not the full beard, the mutton chops. Um. And uh, Sark also mentioned about Quinn's leadership role going into this next season and how that's going to be huge for him. We're going to need his leadership, right? We've got we've got the, some new faces on the offensive side of the ball, especially at the skill positions, uh, where his leadership is going to be very important. Um, and assuming the real face of, of Longhorn football, right, for, for a year, where we lost a lot of the faces, right? A lot of the faces, a lot of the names we've been talking about for, for a few years now have moved on. And I think that is going to be a key. Like, like again, like we, we we've seen that he has made a a leap before, and so I don't see any reason why he can't make a leap and fulfill all these promises again of being the Heisman Trophy candidate, of being one of the top quarterbacks, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, projected in the draft next year. And so I'm I'm encouraged that, that Quinn Ewers will meet the challenge that we will not have a quarterback controversy. You don't have to worry about Arch Manning for this year. It's like, hey, yeah, enjoy the backup role, my man. Enjoy that clipboard and hat. I, I think it's fair to say, just with all the talent that's going to the draft uh, mm. for this one right now, with you know, obviously Caleb Williams won the Heisman. You got Jane Daniels just won the Heisman uh, this season. You can go down the list: Penix, all, Bo all Nicks, these, yeah. Bo Nix, right? JJ, whatever. Um, that you could debate that Quinn Ewers is the best quarterback returning. I, I yeah. really don't think there's a lot. The only Carson Beck's losing his best. 
you know, Binky going right. to the draft. Carson Bauer. Uh, you got, like you mentioned, Dylan Gabriel's going up to a pretty loaded Oregon. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean Jack. Shador Sanders. Yes. Yeah, got to win more than four uh, games, buddy. Right, right sure, exactly. But but not, yeah, he, but he's oh, yeah. incredibly talented. This yes. would be in, the, in that pool, right? I mean, but when we're getting down to it, there's now a lot of better quarterbacks. Maybe Jackson Dart had a decent year for Ole Miss. They're getting a lot yeah, of Yeah, but people. are you going to trust A, right. Jackson Dart, and B, Ole Miss? Um. Now I know I, I know Lane I has done good stuff. Yeah, for the I, I like. Got to give them their flowers, especially what they did in the transfer portal. And they could improve with Lane's not a terrible coach. But I like and I, his demon in the closet in the state's gone. You know, right yeah. next door. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So I mean, that that is the good news. Yeah, and I think with Quinn, we saw him take kind of more of a leadership role this year. Not the most vocal guy. That's not what his you know personality is. Okay. Yeah. But. When Malik Murphy, who was also someone in the locker room that we've heard and know that is a huge portion of the leadership role, even though he wasn't the starter, now you really got to take over the reins here. Uh, you know, Arch is still going to be, what, 19 years old, mm-hmm. still learning, mm-hmm. still developing. And th- th- all those talks about him, mostly that was outside of Austin. Of, well, will he transfer? Why would he transfer? But we yeah. don't need to get into that. Mm-mm. But he's going to have to take over more of a, a vocal leadership role, I feel like. And I think each year, first year in, he seemed pretty kind of sheepish. Had to learn the playbook. Now he's getting in. You know, I had a good year last year, and he, he can he could be the best quarterback in college football. And I don't think that's a question. Really do. And you know, I'm glad you mentioned his leadership thing there because it reminded me. Yeah, because that is my my chief complaint of Quinn Ewers last year, outside of Oklahoma and brittle bones, uh, was in that Sugar Bowl against Washington. Yeah, is when they when they're down, he's just he was on the bench by himself, just literally just doing nothing right yeah, like not, not looking at a tablet ass. yeah jalen hurts ass. that's a good way yeah to put it. like yeah. not not only a tablet not trying to get everybody hyped up or right. like hey what's going on with this and figure things out like and so like that's why like, okay you need to be an active rally the troops leader. you right? can't yeah. be mm-hmm. i, I don't want to sit there like when people say that oh they lead by example yes like that's fine and that's good mm-hmm. you need that right that's a they, but like but like he needs to be actively like again yeah. like, again when you're just when the other team is sitting out there just like and again, it's weird because the Longhorns were never really out of that game. Right. You know, they managed to do it, but just like, again, just the energy, the vibes. Yeah. They did not pass mm-hmm. the vibe check in that first half. And the fact that he's just sitting there by himself, I'm like, come on, dude. Like, go up and just, like, talk to somebody. Right. Like, right. Talk show him a TikTok or something. Yeah, like, you're losing guys that have that kind of veteran experience with all the mm-hmm. receivers, Xavier, A.D. Mitchell, who's won championships, obviously, when yeah. he was with Georgia. Now those guys are gone, right? Like uh, Jordan Jor- Winningham? Jay Witt's gone. Is, is in there like, yep. a huge leadership guy? Right, you're losing those pieces. You're still going to have some good receivers, but yeah. you got to be, you can't look towards them, the older guys now. You are. You know what I mean? This yeah. is your third year on the 40 acres. You got to be the guy. And I, I think if he takes that step to do that, which we saw him do that more this year than not, he's not a rah-rah guy, which you don't need that completely. Mm-hmm. But like you said, Nick, I mean, you want to see a little bit more out of uh, him on the sideline there. You need to be talking to your guys. Yeah, you need to be cohesive with everybody. Get those receivers in the end zone on Saturday and in the pews on Sunday. Quinn, we know what you're all about. Chuck <laughs> it up. Yep. Chuck up the hands. Ah, when there was one set of something on the sideline in the sand, that was when Jesus was motivating the long... I, there we go. We're some, getting some, there, Nick. Something there. I'll, I'll keep working on shopping. I'm excited one. to see what these wide receiver transfers and uh, the commit... Uh, who was it that I'm thinking of? Ryan Wingo? Ryan Wingo. He's the yeah. big man. Yep. I do like all four of the wide receivers that we have brought in to replace yeah. the ones that we're losing. Well, again, we, we will talk uh, more about the, the recruiting angle of this because Sark did basically broke down like almost every recruit, I think. Uh, at least I saw his uh, the thoughts from the coaching staff yeah. on each recruit, and like, yeah, the wide receivers is going to be huge. Uh, the defensive backs, yep, are going to be a big thing about that. Like and the fact that uh, we're getting three of Saban's guys, three Bama guys, yeah, oh, yeah. Sarkeesian, yeah. so huge. So yeah, they, they've 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 got the recruits, they've got the transfers. Everything is going good for your Longhorns. We seem to sit there and put it all together on the field next year. I think they're going to have a good shot about doing that. Um, when we come back, let's talk about the Super Bowl. Chiefs, 49ers. What does Brock Purdy have to do to get you guys respect? We'll yep. find out when we return. Three guys on sports. Three guys on sports. 1027 ESPN Radio. Nick, Noah, and Sawyer standing in solidarity with Killer Mike. How dare you? How dare you, security guard? Uh, but uh, Three yeah. Grammys and one new pair of handcuffs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to happen to him, man. It's going to happen to you, guy. You know he's selling brooms on his website now? Because he swept? Swept. Nice. Ah. What, what does the Killer love, Mike broom do? I love the do? pettiness of Killer Mike. Ah, he's, he's, doing, a, he's, doing, he's doing his thing, man. Um, 
I want to talk Chiefs Niners here, but you guys can weigh into the show as well. 834-1027 as always the number to call or f- text into the show here. And uh, we're going to go out now here to Randy. He says the Longhorns are the Cowboys of college football. Oh, no. Randy! Look, I would have said that uh, yeah, a couple know. of seasons ago. I mean, especially off losing to Kansas. And look, I, I understand the sentiment of saying that. But I, I, I do think that Sark has got everything. Uh, we have a, G- a general manager now, guys. Okay? I we, saw we that. A GM. Yeah, promoted. That's right. Shout out. Oh, Forgot speaking of you know but- uh, your guys, the University of Michigan, mm. looking for a general manager. So oh, are they dust really? off the old resume, my okay, guy. I will. I will dust off that resume. Here. Isaac, put on the poll. Who would be a better GM of the Michigan Wolverines? Uh, our guy Noah Kreitz uh-huh. or Connor Stallions? Ah, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good question. Mm-hmm. It's probably a 50-50 split. But like I said, like like the whole every time that I hear uh, Sark talking, maybe I'm maybe I'm I'm falling, I'm drinking the Kool Aid, I'm falling for whatever. But like I just feel that we, he he has this thing moving. We well, we brought him in to build a program like Alabama, where everything's on you know everything's moving, everybody's on the same path, and I think he's doing it. Listen, you you are allowed to drink the Kool Aid because of what they did this year. He's mm-hmm. only improved three seasons in, and Sarkeesian's only got a little bit of time to be a head coach and legit build a program up. Yeah. There's culture. I mean, they got to a playoff, uh, you know, year three in. That's huge. To to expect a national championship. Three years into a coach, uh, that's a little aggressive. But hey, I mean, they had a great year. They only lost I, I one regular season game. They went Washington into, couldn't even do it. Yeah, Washington couldn't even do it. So, um, I mean, listen. Yeah, of course you wanted to see them ho- hoisting the trophy. Of course, but they're building something, and it's only getting better and better as they're going to the best conference in all college football. That's that's going to even mm-hmm. help the recruiting even more. So, how long did it take Harbaugh to make the college football playoffs? It took him. I so he had, was there for I think this was his tenth season, and he, he almost got fired. Yeah, I think yeah. I think, it took seven, I think we're doing seven okay. seasons. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Look, I, I I think that the whole a quick turnaround in college football is especially now with the transfer portal. That's not an unrealistic goal, but. Yeah, I mean, the Longhorns too yeah. is a very realistic thing that happens. The, the Longhorns—they were right there. Okay, they look like they should have been. Uh, again, if you give us that um, that Sugar Bowl again, uh, played nine more times. I don't know if it's if it, it means five out of five times. I don't know where the where it all breaks down. But I, I think the Longhorns would represent if we if you give us a mulligan. If you gave us a mulligan, because I saw this on Twitter. Uh, the other day, of, would you rather have a mulligan for the uh, Colorado Big 12 championship game with Chris Sims where he famously uh, threw the ball away or against Texas Tech? That was the Crabtree one with the long oh, Halloween. Yeah, probably that one. And I would, I mean, like, if I'm going to take uh, do overs, I'm going to, uh, the Cole McCoy yeah. game against Alabama. That's yes, obviously sure, of course. course. We start with Garrett, Gil- Garrett Gilbert. Right. Let him get injured. Right. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's right. yes. That's it. Oh, you know what? If, if we can sit there, if we, if we have. Here, go in on this play. I have, yeah, a, yeah, I have yeah, a weird yeah, feeling. A feeling here. Going. If we have previous knowledge of this, like yes, just on that play where Colt gets the stinger. Yep. You just like, all right, Garrett, you're in. Why? Just yeah. don't worry about it, don't man. Worry, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Click remote. Get the ice yeah. ready. Get just have, be ready to go out there. <laughs> okay. Um, but like the this the Washington Sugar Bowl is another one. Like that's probably. I mean, I, I'm sure you can go back to way back in the day. But like that's one. Where like again, if you give the Longhorns a second chance to that game, I think they represent much better than they did. Yeah. Um, the secondary got even saying that they that they were going like they they were they had four shots at the end zone to win the game at the end. So to say that they needed yeah, it's anyway. um, But you mentioned uh, Steve something something here. One of the biggest quotes again from yesterday, other than the fact that Quinn is is QB one, is that he's borderline obsessed with winning a title. On that subject, there you go, Noah. Mentioning winning titles. Yeah, that's right. I didn't come here just to be a head coach again. I, I didn't come here to. Uh, say that I'm the head coach at the University of Texas. Like, I came here to win a championship, and then if I can get one, I want to get two. And I'm borderline obsessed with it at this point. Um, I know what it tasted like last year. I know how close we were, and I couldn't wait to get back. Yeah. That's that's got that's me good. Going, that's what you that's got. You want that taste, Lord right? Like you said, Nick. I mean, as even though I don't think the Longhorns played their best game by any means against Washington. They they were what on the eleven yard line, ten yard line. Mm-hmm. They had score a touchdown. Yeah, you're, you're, you're going to play in Michigan in the national championship. So I mean, my thing has always just been, you know, I don't care about how many wins for this Longhorns uh, season to be a success. I don't no, like doing that it's because not it's not it's anymore. not about that. There's weird fluky things that can happen, but mostly like I, I just like I wanted to see the program 
you know, I, I, I first came into the Longhorns. I think my earliest Longhorns memory as a fan is literally Mac Brown getting his ass kicked by UCLA. Yeah. Like just that level of embarrassment. And so to see them go from that, where you had Mac Brown who couldn't beat Oklahoma, he's an excellent recruiter, but he can't, he can't win the big one. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then he finally did with Vince Young. And maybe, maybe, you know, fair or unfair to say that he, it was all Vince, it was all Mac, we can right. get with the whole Belichick, Tom Brady thing. Right. Doesn't matter. The point is that our program got one of the top quarterback, one of the top athletes, one of the top football players in the country, and we you know, we were able to win a national championship. We yeah. were able to build around it, and we were able to continue it going with Colt McCoy. And you know, it's just unfortunate that we couldn't transition to Garrett Gilbert, even though I, I still like I, I feel like he represented himself well in that in that national championship game, but just it didn't happen. And then you know, we got into a little bit of quarterback hell. But what's important and why you should be drinking the Kool-Aid, as you brought up before with Steve, and why I feel like we should have confidence. Going into last year when we were talking, you know, with Chip Brown in the summer, Nick, like, okay, 8-5, and better than the 5-7 first year from Steve, but 12-2 and this year. Playoff appearance, Big 12 champs before they head to the SEC. And the recruiting class is legit one of the tops. You're getting all these transfers. I I mean, there's really how much more, like, could they could they do currently? You know what I mean? Like they they had a really good season, and I just expect them to be at that twelve and two. Obviously, you're gonna have a game or two more now. Thirteen wins throughout. Yeah, like you said, there's not really a number now. It's about winning championships, which is important. Yeah, you won the conference that you haven't won in years before you leave. Huge. You got the guys loaded up. You have Quinn Ewers, one of the best quarterbacks coming in to college football next year, who's improved. And then yeah, let's let's not forget Arch Manning in 2024 mm-hmm. will 2025. I should say, geez, sorry, 2024 will be your quarterback. So and the amount, of, I mean, the amount of people that are going to want to commit to that team and transfer to that team due yeah. to the fact of how many eyes are going to be on those games gives them better draft potential too. Hundred percent. Well, uh, uh, Sark talked about how like they want to expand the recruiting uh, base out into like Alabama, Georgia, into yeah. SEC yeah, territory. Yeah, that's what's going to happen. Is those, yeah, and so you know you get some of those. Starting in those places, like that's the biggest things. Like you look at the program right now, is that we are kind of back to where we were under the heights of Mac Brown. We're like there's just, we're loaded at all the positions. Again, we mentioned we have to restock wide receivers. Yep. Uh, we we brought in a huge linebacker class. Steve mentioned that they brought huge. in five good linebackers last year. We yep. brought in some ones today. We're gonna need to uh, the pass rush and pass defense yep. secondary and our pass rush. But like you, you, we're bringing in the pieces, and they have shown you unlike Tom Herman and. Um, uh, Charlie Strong, even though maybe not even mentioned Charlie Strong years, but like that was the big thing is that we they were bringing in recruits under Tom Herman weren't re- weren't developing them. Yeah, and you have seen, you know how that I, I think that we have the coaching staff, we have everything in, in that we need uh, to develop the talent that we're bringing in, and so now like Texas again, I don't I don't want I'm not ready to sit there and go down the entire roster. But like, just when you look at all the college blue bloods, the Ohio States, Michigans, Georgias, Alabamas, all the big programs that are these perennial contenders, like I think that Texas can stack up with those guys just as far as talent. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. And this is, and again, you know, this is just the beginning. We're building on it. And, yeah. and while Dabo has his issues with the transfer portal, Sark is like, bring it on. Like they yeah. asked him about the transfer, and they asked him about Tennessee and all the NIL stuff, and right. he kind of you know sidestepped all that as you would, but it was just like. You know, we love the transfer program. You, 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 we were, we want to build our on recruits. You know, coming out of high school, but you can fill in the holes. And right. Texas has done that with a lot of these positions that they that they, they they're losing to the NFL this year. Right. They're bringing in transfer guys. They're recruiting guys, and so it's like, all right, if the transfers don't pan out, and you want these guys that like again, like to your credit, Sawyer, they want to come. He specifically mentioned players going to come here and play, and like, okay, we're doing following the eighty Mitchell. Of like, I want to come because I'm, I'm I want to win college football playoff games. Right. Yeah. There's I wish to win national championships. Right. And they all, are also obsessed. Right. And it, it's a different landscape now. Uh, the boogeyman himself, who Texas beat last year in Tuscaloosa, is gone. Who ended his career? Yeah. I mean, at, in Tuscaloosa, last time you know, last loss you'll ever suffer there. Um, it, 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 I think it speaks about, and he's from that tree, right? Three guys from yeah. Alabama come to Texas. Like that could be Texas could be the new Alabama when it comes to producing. It's a factory, and when it comes to resources, we already know is one of the most. You know, you're going to prosper yeah. the most here. There's so many resources. Why wouldn't you want to come to Austin? It's a great place to. Well, be. And that's that's one of the talks is, is about how Alabama, like they don't really have right. the nil right. setup. Like, it was, it was all Austin. Saban. Different thing, and so we do. And you have Saban's, you know, one of his is his trees, uh, guys of his tree, which is Sarkeesian. And then going back to what you even said, Nick, 
Look at some of the recruits got dominated in Texas. A lot of these kids are from Texas. Mm-hmm. You got two kids specifically from IMG in Florida. Okay, yep. that's SEC country. Another kid from Florida, uh, Wardell Mack, Louisiana. Even getting into that range. So mm-hmm. they've done well in the West Coast before. I mean, that's that's happened. So we get some kids from Cali as well. But I think that speaks volumes. Once we go into kind of the the the, the South and the that was one thing prohibiting them referring to Texas, was the Big 12. They didn't want to go out to Manhattan, no offense to Kansas State, or, or go up and play you know, in, in Lubbock. Yeah. They wanted to play against Florida. They wanted to go play at LSU and Georgia and Bama. So, well, look, we, mm-hmm. we got Ryan Wingo out of Missouri. And, and Missouri, you, you see exactly. what Missouri is doing I mean, with all hey, their NIL stuff right. and just how they're just getting all kinds great of Great year for them, can, too. Yeah. Great like, year. So to be able to compete with that and right. say, hey, come Returning here. quarterback and, and just a stud, yeah. studs on defense. So, yeah, I, it's, it's just... It's looking good. I'm I mean, not like, it's early. Yeah. They're out there. They're out there just running in shorts right now. Okay, not yeah. not even not even pads. So it's early. But I'm saying, like, if you're a Longhorn fan, you should feel really good. Anyway, it was funny because like Steve mentioned, like like we didn't really sign anybody today. Like these no. are all guys that we've already got. Like so a lot of them are literally on campus. But just like I don't know, I just I read the watch that whole thing. I felt good. Should and you should. Good times. Good times on the 48 games. All right, when we come back, you mentioned the boogeyman is no longer in Tuscaloosa. (laughs) But where is he? He's got a new job. College game day. Nick Saban going to be on college game day. Do you care? We will discuss that and your phone calls when we return. 834-1027. Three guys on sports. Stick around. Listen to the voice and feel free to call or text into the show. Three guys on sports. Nick, Noah, and Sawyer. And you, 834-1027. That's what one texter did. We were talking about uh, Sark's press conference about signing day yesterday. And uh, one of you texted in and says, Dang, he sounds exactly like McDonald from Miami. Wow, just like him. Yeah. No, uh, Mike McDonald's got a little, he's a little chiller. He's oh. a little chiller. But I, I mean, look, I, but I, that's also a guy when I listen to talk. Now, it didn't, didn't work out in Kansas City for my oh. guy, McDaniel. Um, I just realized, yeah, it's McDaniel, not McDonald. I don't know if that's a slight to it. Anyway. I think it's good. I think it's good to have have a coach that excites you and feel good about your program. Yeah, it's absolutely. What a, what a mm-hmm. change there. Uh, and then we're also going to go out to the phone lines because we've got Northside Dave there also wants to talk to What's up, Dave? Hey, what's up? Hey, hey. Well, uh, yeah, I listen to you guys. Uh, and, and for some, obviously, because he had a press conference and a lot of other sports stations are talking about him and what he said today. And bottom line is, is I, I, I have always liked to aspire. Uh, simply because of the fact that he's had success. Okay, Washington, he did good. USC until he had some personal issues. But right. mm. the matter is, this guy was with Nick Saban, yep. developed three great quarterbacks, four maybe in the, in the NFL, and he's won a national championship. He was in the Super Bowl with Dan Quinn with the Falcons. I mean, this is the perfect guy you need that Texas should have had, you know, with those other two goofball coaches we had in the end, you know, between us. We were not a flagship program during those years. It was right. dreadful. It was painful. Yeah. Uh, and so now he's in charge, and look what he's doing. And, you know, look at this. Third year, we are in the national championship. Right. I would have never thought that. Right. So yeah. we have to ride this guy and uh, believe in what he says because he's making things happen, which hasn't happened in a long time here at the university since Mac Brown. So I, I just said... Uh, think that we need to like you know i don't know if people are going to fire about it or not but this is the best thing that's happened since mac brown yeah. uh came to the university so i just hope that the, it continues and he doesn't have that downfall like mac did at the end of the year so and the other thing too is that consistency yeah. man yeah. is that uh, it's just great to see so i think i have spoken all right, thanks, thanks Dave. Thanks, Northside. Appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, and, and Sark talked about uh the consistency with his coaching staff with jonathan banks as his remaining recruiter uh, Kyle Flood, like all the guys, uh, Kwiatkowski, yeah. and like he, he mentioned specifically, like all these guys got offered jobs. And yeah. I mean, look, I don't know whether it was an official thing, but you know that Sark got a phone call from Alabama when Saban 100%. retired. Of, like, as, hey, he, as he should have. Kind of interested. What's hey, up, buddy? What's going on? Long time, right. you know, right. new phone, who did? Right. And, and Sark turned him down because exactly. he, he, he went there, he figured out what it takes to be one of these top programs. He brought. That's why we hired him to implement that here in Texas, and I think he has done a fantastic job. And again, it's the same thing with Quinn. Like, I don't want to sit there and be a negative Nelly. Are yeah. there some issues with Sark and you know perhaps play calling, falling in love with the passing when it should be run? Like, yes, you can go back to again those last four plays against Washington, where that that was the second down where it was the pass to right. Blue, and I everybody's mean, like, ah, what's uh, right. I've defended that before, but like 
So there are still some things. But again, you look at the whole, like, it's it's too early, and I don't know. I haven't looked. Uh, we can talk about this over the summer, but, like, is he the best coach in college football? I mean. Like, you can have the argument. Right. You can I mean, have the discussion. You, you lost two guys that were probably ahead of him, and, and now yeah. maybe, you know, Kirby Smart and... I mean, what, what, what's Dabo doing over at Clemson? I know he's got a couple championships, but I, I can't confidently say he's a better coach I mean, right look, now. I than know, a better region. recruiter, that's right. for sure. Yeah, I, I'm, we I'm took not, one of his dudes. <laughs> took one of his top exactly. guys. Yeah, took his safety. I'm on Tyler from what's his what's their places yeah. uh, right. side there with Dabo. Right. When it comes to Dabo, I mean, it's a little so, bit ridiculous. But he did turn around Clemson this year, right? And they, I mean, we lost. Uh, I stopped counting our picks because of how many times I picked against Clemson to right. lose. And, yeah. and, and so yeah, Dabo's in there. I mean, Ryan Day, I know. <laughs> He hasn't done enough. No, what what has but he like, done? Right? Yeah, yeah I mean, exactly. Like there, there's guys out there that I mean, we. It's really early in Kalen DeBoer. Exactly. There's another guy. But, like know, he, what, he went to a national title game. It was that year two. Year two. Yeah. Right? And he's yeah. successful. And now he's, he's at gone. Alabama. So like, there's a lot. I mean, I'm saying, but like, we are in the argument for all of these things for quarterback, for t- talented teams, uh, for best program, like everything, every attribute you can ask for your program we are in the discussion for being one of those top things and that's what i want that's why i like this program i don't care about wins and losses and this yeah. and that like just like hey like from here on out we should have a shot every single year as someone who as you all know i listen i'm a michigan fan and, and it's mm. another blue blood program right like there were the down years even worse than where texas were at where yeah. rich rodriguez came in after lloyd carr yeah who was kind of a mac brown-esque right not to the full, you know, Mac Brown won a championship, but Lloyd Carr got very close and won some Rose Bowls. Um, like, that comparison of, okay, Mac leaves, and then you get in, you know, there's there's been a few coaches, obviously, we got Charlie Strong and Tom Herman, where the the, the, the program had no identity, right? There, mm-hmm. Michigan had three wins with Rich Rodriguez said it's, it's, it's after too many, that. It was too many cooks. Yeah, too many cooks in the kitchen, the sure, side, exactly. And, and, and that's what no caused, direction. Yeah, that's what caused Mac Brown's. Like, no. Half the contingent wanted to replace him with Nick Saban, half right. wanted to keep him... And like now we're we are uh, all on the same page. Yeah, exactly. Under Sark. Right, and then so like I was saying with that, like okay, and then Michigan moves on to. I'm just comparing here, right? Brady Hoke, who who's kind of felt like a Tom Harmon, got some wins, got to a yeah. Sugar Bowl, won that, but then ended his last season with five wins. Now you got Sarkeesian in year three, and he legitimately has brought this team from a five win team to an eight win team to a twelve win team, going into the SEC in the best spot they've been in a while. And like you said, there there, there is a vision, there's a culture built, and I. I mean, I'm excited about for Texas here. Like, seriously. I, Are you just trying to make uh, Sarkeesian the Jim Harbaugh? <laughs> no, not that. Because no, even no, Sarkeesian, no, to give him credit, number one, this is year three. It took Jim Harbaugh the season seven to get to the playoffs. Now, they were yeah. close. You know, they, if well, they I beat mean, Ohio we, State we in 2016. This, this last year. Right. You know what I mean? So, I, I'm just saying how no, fast. Just, like, we're, we're so impatient, I feel like, as fans. Because everything's so fast in, in, in the world of sports. Uh, but you're three and you're already fighting for a title, you know, going into the SEC. I think that was the one thing prohibiting them, like I said. So now they're going to the best conference. It's huge. I'm excited for long. On the right year. foot, too, yep. unlike the other team coming into their conference. Yeah, exactly. You know, I, I do kind of like the parallels. I've seen lots of parallels with Michigan, uh, just like I see parallels between, like, the Cowboys and the Dolphins and all right. these things. Uh, but you mentioned, like, Brady Hoke was a Michigan man. Like that, Michigan that was, man, When right. you hired Brady Hoke, it's like, that's our guy. Right. He's going to do it. And that's and how he didn't. T- the Longhorns felt about Tom Herman. Exactly. Mm-hmm. He didn't right. do it. Yep. Exactly. But mm-hmm. now we've got Now we got the guy. You got you the know? guy. Yep. And he's going to be here for a either. long time. He just signed a four-year extension back in January. Let's yeah. not forget. And hopefully it means that, uh, continue the parallels, is that the Longhorns will win a national championship and the Cowboys will uh, lose in the NFC title <laughs> game. So you know, there, there you go. go. Right, <laughs> there you exactly. Go. It's, all, it's all connected, guys. Uh, here. All right. Let's go into some do you care. Oh, yes, of course. Uh, we did mention Nick Saban. Not in Alabama. Don't need to break a news bed for this here. But he is announced going to be on college game day, which I feel like yeah. everybody kind of like, yeah, that's, that's yeah. It's about They're right. doing the TV. Uh, now, interesting note, of course, is that they are also, Lee Corso is going nowhere. Now, we can save this for a rainy day of yeah. should he or not. I gotta put... I say you replace him with a Lee Corso mascot, like a, like, one of, like a head. <laughs> yeah, That'd be a fitting tribute. Just put have... bigger heads on yes. the head. Yes, yes. <laughs> I didn't even think consider that. Yeah, just like a Russian doll situation there. But no, that's how you keep Lee Corso around. Just have a mascot off there in the background, just dancing Lee Corso style. Um, 
But, uh, yeah, they both will be on there. How do you guys feel about Nick Saban? I'm pro. I think okay. it'll be great on there. I think it's a good, uh, I think, you know, I don't know how many years Lee has, but they're not going to just push him off yet. Kind of a passing of the torch mm-hmm. a little bit in that spot. But, yeah, I think yeah. that'll be great for college. Um, and even though I'm not a huge fellow co-worker McAfee fan, I think he did a lot of good things and got brought excitement to a college game day, which we haven't seen in years. So I, I, I think it'll be a really good show. Really good show. And you brought Lank to it. Yep. He brought Lank. He brought Lank. And he's had Saban on before. They have that... Uh, yeah, they have a connection. Know. They would yeah. do Saban Thursdays or something Yeah, exactly. Like that. So he knows how to chat with them. I think he's also going to be on uh, several of their studio shows, uh, like, you know, the Inside the SEC or whatever it is that that show is going to be on. So he's going to be doing lots of stuff yeah. for ESPN there. And I, honestly, I, I think that that's where you're going to get a lot more of this, like, knowledge and content out of Nick Saban. Um, he's like he's he's not the most dynamic personality guy. Everybody talks about how much he loves these nuts, and and maybe you know now that he's not having to worry about you know recruits or parents or yep. whatever, maybe he can relax and open yep. up and we can Unwind, see fun uh, yeah. Nick Saban. Yep. yep. Because I would love it if if, the, if you just every college game day was Nick Saban's D's nuts joke of the week. <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic. But um, I remember when he was when he broke down the NFL's top 100 players of all time with, with, with Belichick. Uh, Belichick. Right. Like that was that was phenomenal was awesome. seeing those two guys. Yeah. And so like I think that he definitely can bring that and kicks. Uh, Fox's big noon kickoff, whatever they call that show. Uh, you have Urban Square Urban Meyer. <laughs> we got Nick Saban. Okay. Yep. Would rather hang out with Urban Meyer than uh, Nick Saban, though. Urban Meyer gets you to cheat on your old lady. You're like, come on, she'll never know about it. Would, uh, I, did, would, I cheated on the entire Big Ten for years. Would Mrs. Uh, Dr. Hot Dog let you she hang out with Urban Meyer? She would never let me hang out with Urban Meyer. <laughs> no. Country Meyer, maybe. Uh, like, oh, you like wieners, huh? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I think that's going to be good. And, and, and hopefully, like, he has, like I said, I think, I think if he is able to loosen up, I think there'll be a lot of good things there with. Uh, with Nick Saban on College Game Day, but I, I still say I, I would rather uh, I want the the Saban and Belichick podcast. That's what they yes, should be doing. Yes, please. That. That's that'd be, be that'd be awesome. Uh, here, you know, I don't want to talk to Trevor Bauer. We can save that for later on the show. I got one. Go yeah, NFL too. world. Yeah, yeah. Do you care? This is referring to Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson's going to be a free agent next year in 2025. And when asked about it, he said, "I want to break the bank, and I want to be a part of an organization that wants me, and to really give me what I deserve." Uh, will he be staying is my question. And do you care about these comments with the Minnesota Vikings? Does that mean he might want to leave for another organization? Are we going to read too much into this? I, I think he's trying to get money out of them. Like, yeah. For sure, as he should. Um, I mean, Is he due for a deal? I believe he is. They picked yeah. up his fifth-year fifth option, option this right. year. And so he's, he's got one more year. The extension. And if you want to tell me that Justin Jefferson is going to be the highest-paid wide receiver, that's should fine. Be. He's a beast. Um, you are, we are getting into a weird little bubble with the wide receiver salaries of where you're just spending so much on these guys. And so, I, especially with the Vikings, like if this was, you know, uh, um, I mean, the, the Chiefs, the Bill, like one of these right. teams that are the perennial Super Bowl contenders, I could, I could see it perhaps, but like I feel like they just need a lot of I think of the Vikings are a lot closer than people think. Yeah. Yeah. They ha- I mean, I mean they, they had were, an they off were- year two years ago where they got lucky in a lot of games, and then they had the year from hell this year where you just lose your quarterback, and then it's a rotating yeah. door after the fact. Right. But, I mean, you did something absolutely fantastic with bringing in uh, Jordan Addison. That was a great draft pick, a complimentary. You have TJ Hawkinson there now. Uh, figure out your backfield. It seems like they got something with uh, Chandler there at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Brian Flores is an excellent defensive coordinator, and that defense yeah. is very fierce. It's, and it's, Kevin O'Connell is a great coach. Like, yeah. like he's he's kind of proved himself a lot this year with how how they were in it. Even like when yeah, Josh yeah, Dobbs, no the rock. Yeah, the pat, he made he made the pass. Yeah, they're now. not they're not doomed by any means. I no. just wondered to see if they're really going to go all in, which they've reported last year they tried to get Anthony Richardson. This year it sounds like they might try to go all well, in to get a QB. So yeah, when, when I first heard this quote, like like saw this, I was like, I just it hit me in a weird place. I was like I don't. I don't want to ever tell somebody to turn down money. You do, if, you, if you want to take the mm-hmm. money, go for it, my man. Yeah. But there is like kind of, you know, you can go with the Tyreek Hill thing with the, you know, he took the money in the Dolphins and the yeah. Chiefs are in the Super Bowl two times without him, perhaps right. winning two without him. But and I so, don't think those Chiefs, I, I'm dubious to believe the Chiefs continue to win Super Bowls with the team that they had with Tyreek Hill. Yeah, I mean, that, that defense is really young. They've got the youngest defense in the NFL, and so that if they can hold on to that stuff... Now, and they wouldn't have that without trading away Tyreek Hill. That is that is correct. Right. That is correct. I mean, right. again, like, I, I just... It hit me in a weird way, but I'm not ready to... Cond- I don't want to sit there and, and be angry at Justin Jefferson. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I do the whole. Uh, I mean, it, it, is it him? Is it Jamar Chase? Is it Tyreek Hill? Is he the number one? Like, you get all these little piddly things. But to that point, though, if you do break the bank for him and you pay T.J. Hawkinson mm-hmm. and you draft a Jaden Daniels. If you if they do trade up and get a young quarterback and they right. can go San Francisco 49ers, then you're right. Like like, oh, I feel bad for Noah and his Lions, man. Mm-hmm. Jordan Love. Now you got to deal with the Vikings. That NFC North is going to be brutal. And this is finally the years that the the Bears figure it out. Yeah. So I mean, it, it's not the worst situation, but it, it did give me like a weird little thing. But um, like I said, I'm never going to tell somebody if somebody's going to give you money and why would you not get your bag? Get your okay. bag. Yeah. Okay. Agreed. You earned it. Uh, all right. I wanted to talk Kirk Herbstreet and the drama with him over uh, who's the Nebraska recruit there, Noah? Uh, Riola. Yes, Dominic. Yeah. Dominic uh, Riola. Yeah. Uh, we can get into that later on the show. We've got to take a quick break here. But when we come back, Noah and Sawyer are going to break down not only everything going on in the NBA with the fastest break, but also trade deadline is today. That's right. There's already been some moves. Are they significant moves? Are these nothing? Who's good? Who's bad? Who needs to get their ass in gear and make a trade already? We'll discuss that when we return at Three Guys on Sports. Stick around. Three Guys on Sports, Nick, Noah, and Sawyer, and you as well, 834-1027. That is the phone number to call or text into the show. Always happy to have you guys contribute with us and help us out here. Uh, You can also do so by going to Three Guys on Sports on Twitter. Where we are, there's 57 minutes left in yesterday's Wacky Wednesday draft of the best Super Bowl foods. And I got to tell you this, man. I feel like it's been a while since I have just been drawing dead from the very get-go. But Noah is currently leading with his uh, smorgasbord of buffalo wings, spinach artichoke dip, pulled pork sliders, and loaded potato skins. It's pretty good. 55% right now. Uh, Sawyer is right behind him, 35%. Uh, with ice cold beer, buffalo chicken dip, bacon wrapped jalapeno poppers. S'more beer for me. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, you don't got to vote for it. You don't got to come. The big, Ita- the big Italian sub. Which I know that Isaac has got to condemn with just big Italian. It reminds me of the big salad from Seinfeld. Mm. Big Italian sub. Is this the big Italian sub? Uh, anyway, still time to go vote on that. Again, at Three Guys on Sports. Uh, but right now, Noah commanding lead. And I'm not even going to mention my thing here. I had pizza, <laughs> okay, so it doesn't matter. I'm drawn dead. And that's fine. That's fine. Just, what, it, it was, was not a bad list, my friend. No, but just like I, I, I tweeted it out on my personal Twitter account, at Nick Mouth. Uh, just like, what was I going to do against wings and beer? It's tough. I mean, yeah, I, 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 that's 1A, 1B right there. Uh, all right. If you guys are ready, let's do the fastest break and talk some NBA trade yeah. deadline stuff here. That is yes. today at 3, 3 p.m.? Or am I doing Eastern time? Well, it's Eastern time, so it'll be an we'll hour after we get okay. off the air. Yep. There we go. Uh, we'll get you caught up on that in a second. But first, Noah's gonna, uh, excuse me, Sawyer's going to get you caught up on everything else in the NBA uh. with the fastest break, 60 seconds or less. Mitchell goes for 40 as the Cavs are a threat to Homeland Security in their 114-106 win over the Wizards. Miles Bridges was flirting with a triple-double at 45-8-7, but the Raptors have the last laugh, beating the Hornets 123-117. Chris Snaps, Crackle, and Pop is good for 31 in the Celts' 125-117 win over the Hawks. Andrew Wiggins in maybe his last game with the Golden State Warriors gets the 21-10 double-double in the Warriors' 127-104 win over the Sixers. The Spurs can't take the heat as they lose in South Beach, 104-116. The Pistons played pissed off last night as Jaden Ivey goes for 37 as Detroit beats the Kings 133-120. to The Clippers returned home after a long road trip and unfortunately left the wins on the road. The Pelicans get the win, 117-106. Good stuff, my friend. Excellent job there, Mr. Stoll. Uh, Thank you. Okay, so so far I've seen uh, Buddy Hield yes. has been traded to... Um, he went to... I have it right here. The Indiana Pacers are trading Buddy Hield to the 76ers for Marcus Morris. That's right. Perkin Korkmaz and three, three second-round picks. Yikes. <laughs> Whoa. And then that, Gord- they are worried about that JoJo injury there. Yeah, they are. Which, well, look, I mean, first of all, just if you think that you're, I, I guess it's good if you're a 76ers plan because they're not just punting on the season. No, yeah, I mean, why would they punt on the season? You're talking about a team that is currently third, right? fifth in oh, the uh, East. But this is a tight race. Uh, first is Wait, the Celtics at 39, and then the Cavs, the Bucks, and the Knicks the all Knicks have 33, back. and then the Sixers are right behind them at 30. Yeah. Could have been two games out if they had beaten mm-hmm. Golden State last night, but it just wasn't in the cards. And... uh 
Gordon Hayward. Yeah, Gordon Hayward. Going to Gordon Hayward. Yeah, yeah, not the player he used to be, but who is after a catastrophic ankle injury yeah. that he suffered yeah. all those years ago. Um, he's kind of been uh, chilling in Charlotte for a while. It's good to see him go to another team there. I think that he adds good wing scoring to this uh, Oklahoma City team that is an absolute contender. Yep. They were first. They are currently back in first in the West again. Uh, that's just a revolving door. Yeah, up there. technically tied with the Timberwolves. Uh, right, tied with the Timberwolves, the, Timberwolves, the Nuggets, so. and the Clippers are uh, the four seed, one win behind all those teams. So with him going to there specifically Oklahoma City, I think he was on a, a the Hornets are a young team, but they have no direction. I, let's yeah. call it how it is. This team now, where he's going to Oklahoma City, he's a, could be a vet for these young guys because it's a very young team. Team that actually is playing for something. Yeah. Lamelo Ball and the Hornets—they're not playing. Yeah, Lamelo. Lamelo said, I think eighty-nine total games in his first three seasons, which isn't great. People are starting to get concerned. Right. Uh, there was a lot of uh, worry about um, God, what is his name? Uh, the Alabama Brandon Miller. Brandon Miller yep. Uh, with his off-the-court instances <laughs> before the draft. Uh, he's absolutely turning it on. Yep, of course, Miles Bridges beat up his old lady. Yep, not, not good. good. Not good, not Jim. Good. Not, not good. Not good at all. Sat out a year. Apparently, that's all the punishment is for that. <laughs> yeah. And now he's he's absolutely uh, taking it out on the backboard now <laughs> as uh, he had 41 last night. So the Troublemakers in Charlotte uh, could have something on their hands, I think, now that MJ's kind of out of that office. I think that'll help. But uh, really a team going nowhere, so I understand them getting off of Gordon Hayward. Uh, big deal, I thought, was the first trade of the deadline going to the Celtics. They got Xavier Tillman off of yep. the uh, Grizzlies. Tillman's a uh, small forward, but also plays center some. This is a clearly, clearly a move so that they can rest Chris Stapps more. He's a guy that, as long as they have that dude healthy going into the playoffs, the Celtics will be back in an Eastern Conference final. What did you call Chris Stapps? In a- Chris Stapps, Snap, cr- Snaps, Crackle, and Pop. Okay. okay. I always went with Crap Snaps Bazingas. Oh, okay. there it is. My, it was my favorite. Good he program. is not playing like crap this season, though. No, he's, he's playing incredible. Yeah. And then Al Horford, uh, old man Al, the glue of that locker room, a uh, guy that's really dragged him through the playoffs a couple years, cannot play like he used to uh, in terms of minutes. He is still very productive, so I understand why they bring another big body in to yeah. give those guys rest. I think that's a great move. Yeah. Uh, what about the uh, the New York Knicks? The Knicks are they the team that's stones. really, really, really making some moves. Uh, they acquired Bojan Bogdanovic and Alec Burks off of the uh, Pistons. They gave up Quentin Grimes, Malachi Flynn, Evan Fournier, uh, and two second-round picks along with Ryan Archidiachana, whatever. He's not going to be in New York anymore. Um, Archiano or whatever. Archiano. The kid from Villanova. Yeah. But, it, uh, it's interesting with, with the Eastern Conference. I mean, the Celtics are by far, like on paper, the cream of the crop. Now still uh, Jason Tatum and, and Jalen Brown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe you'll show the, me something in the, the, in the one dunk contest. thing about them and why I like this trade is they just did not. They don't have a great bench. Like the no. bench is not that deep. So this, this is a good. This is hundred percent Jalen Brunson insurance and Julius Randle as now the Knicks are playing without both of those guys. Yeah, and, and look, apologies. I'm I'm not super up. I mean, a I'm not up on the NBA yet. But uh, like the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yep. Who mm-hmm. are uh, in second place? They've been there. good, like, man. Like, they've I, been really good. Yeah, they, they they've have. Been really good. And that's what's they've crazy really that they're not making a move because if I were them, I get off of Evan Mobley. Uh, some team is willing to pay a lot for him right now. And you saw while he was out and Darius Garland was out yeah. that uh, Donovan Mitchell and Jared Allen are your team. Allen's the man. That's your big guy for sure. I agree. But like, like I mean, I, I guess if I would say who's the favorite to come out of the East right now, you would say Celtics and yeah, Bucks. Yeah, Bucks are up there. And Dude, probably, the Bucks haven't think, gotten a win since Doc Rivers come in. Right, yeah. I mean, but my, my point is is that even with these two teams, that you look at who they have on paper, it's like, oh, yeah, that should be them. There are still questions about, honestly, just their toughness. Yeah, that's why the I Heat mean, are going to be the in the East. I mean, both the Celtics and the Bucks. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, they, they've a been embarrassed by the team that throws culture. away the regular season and goes, all right, guys, it's a uh, playoffs. We'll yep, start playing at again. the seventh seed. It doesn't matter, right? And, yeah. Uh, apologies to to the Pacers. Uh, I, I would have said the 76ers are one of those teams of like like that's like probably the third best team in the East that, that can actually the, win the finals. Have the Knicks with any of these moves? Have they elevated themselves yeah. in that conversation? Yeah, yeah. They, yeah for they sure. They're kind of in the they can win. Oh, Donovich is a good player. I've got to watch him in Detroit for a couple yes. of years. He's a great shooter, mm-hmm. and they need him there. And honestly, say I with judge Burks. him for not being Boban. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know yeah, it's like well, completely dumb. Like every time I see that, I was, I was like, they got Boba. I was like, yeah. oh no, they got Alec Burks. Ones. Also I mean, has a strap too. Like he's yeah. good. So those are two big pickups. for Boyan's a guy that's playing at twenty three and two this season. Forty six percent field goal shooter. Or that is to uh, just keep that on your bench essentially at this point. 
is insane. Yeah. Um, All right, so lots of action to come with the draft uh, with the with the, the trade deadline here. But right now, are are you sticking? Like, what's your order on the Eastern Conference? What are your power rankings, real quick? I would go Celtics, Knicks, in my opinion. Yeah. Okay, I like the Knicks out of the most. Uh, then Bucks, Cavs, Sixers due to Joel's injury. Yeah, and no. then it's pretty much chalk going down. Pacers, Heat, Magic. You know, I should have mentioned like the let's, Bulls let's just, aren't going to do anything. No. The Hawks aren't going to. The know, Hawks will lose in the play, and they should be a team that needs to get off isn't of one that of those a name, point yards. Isn't that name being thrown around trade wise? Jadon, uh, Murray. 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 Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's been talking. A lot of these guys have been thrown around name wise. No one's really yeah. moving. It's been a pretty quiet deadline. We always get our jimmies in a bunch over this, and usually not a lot of them. The Nets and the Raptors made a trade just now. Spencer Dinwiddie for Dana Schroeder. It's like, cool, what are you two teams doing? Both of y'all are going nowhere. The Nets don't have any picks. I really don't understand what's going on there. Like they're getting Thaddeus Young also, the Nets. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, great. Um, uh, Bleacher and, Report was saying that the Hawks are a... Uh, uh, what does it say? Uh, emerge a sleeper team for Dejounte Murray, so the Pelicans might be a home for him. Oh, okay, gotcha. yeah, um, Pelicans too. Yeah, all right. Let's no one's making any moves. Uh, they thought this could be the year Jalen Green gets shipped out of Houston. He's putting up about thirty points a night, uh, like he usually does in February. Uh, the Warriors aren't off anyone on their team. The Lakers said they're not interested in moving anybody because uh, you don't have any picks to send with it, LeBron. Um, that is true, but they also they they want to be able to do some stuff in the offseason. Which I, look, I, I say Lakers. What are they going to do in the offseason? Uh, they don't have a draft pick until like twenty thirty. Their, their, their rationale is that they want to be able to. And you look at all the guys they've given up. I mean, they got a championship, so you got to hand it to them. They should but give like, up LeBron. Send LeBron to the Knicks. Okay, let's just go full. full. I mean. I don't but not see, a lot I don't of action in the West. Happy like anybody else, but not surprised to not see a lot of action in the West. Uh, the Nuggets are who the Nuggets are. They'll probably try to get a buyout guy. That mm. seems more the Nuggets move. The Timberwolves are pretty content with the team that they have. Uh, the Clippers really don't have anything to sell or buy right now. Uh, the Suns are who the Suns are. They're kind of in a bit of a cap hell. They got their yeah. guys. The Pels are a team that can make a move. The Kings, not really someone that can make a move. I guess Malik Monk will be a free agent. Dallas doesn't have any cap space to do anything. So, I mean, this could be a very boring deadline, unfortunately. All right, let's do the uh, – we'll come back and we'll do Horns at High Noon. That's right. Talk more about uh, Longhorns recruiting, signing day, Stark, Arch, Quinn, all that stuff here. But real quick, uh, let's do power rankings for the West. Oh, I just put it down. Uh, give me the Thunder. The, then uh, I'm going to go – Thunder over Nuggets. Thunder over Nuggets. Thunder, Nuggets, T-Wolves. Um, huh? Clips? Uh, yeah, Clippers. Actually, good. put the Clippers at three. They're pretty good. Uh, okay. then Suns, Kings, Pels, Mavericks, and that'll be your top. I just want to see if you if you guys are gonna put anybody over the Nuggets. I'm I'm, I'm for the rest of the time okay, until they retire. I'm going Nuggets and Chiefs. The That's fair. Nope, <laughs> not until the playoffs. <laughs> All right, when we come back. Horns at high noon with three guys on sports. Stick around.